Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law. You all right, Law? Oh, yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, actually. I'll just hold the cough if I can as we go through this one, but I'm all right. Oh, I see, Debs. That's the benefit of technology. They don't cough. They don't spread germs. You can understand why there is so much continuing buzz around the role that technology will have in replacing people, replacing parts of jobs, which is uh, why we thought this would be a fascinating Mm -hmm. four-part focus on future-proofing and uh, particularly focusing on our human edge aspects, which has been a long-term interest of mine. You've loved this topic, Law, for a number of years, I think. A number of years. Yeah, a number of years. But now we have chat GPT, Mm. frontline dinner party conversations. The robots are here. So let's have a think about what does that mean to maximise our um, our human potential? So Debs, what are you picking up in terms of the uh, things in the coaching room or in the training environment, workshops around um, the interest now in future-proofing our skills and our career possibilities? Mm. Uh, we're picking up quite a lot, actually. And, and whilst... It may not be at the forefront of everybody's mind. I think what we're starting to recognise is people are, um, I suppose, I don't know, waking up and smelling the silicone, as you actually did tell us about eight years ago. Um, but I think people are actually you know, thinking about that and what's important for them in their careers and also in the people that they're working with and also how they interact with different people as well, I think is important. So whilst people might not be moving into different jobs or different roles, maybe as frequently as they were at this moment in time, there's definitely an element of thinking, oh, maybe I need to up my my skills level in a way that enables me to be um, ready for whatever may be coming around the corner. So definitely about future-proofing their skill set in a way that enables them to keep on learning. Yeah. And, um, you know, as, as you know, I did a TEDx <laughs> Not, talk. Clang, which was amazing. Back in, tw- back in 2016. But, oh, thank you. And we're going to kind of pick out a few sort of bits, bits of that as part of our kind of conversation, just to delve a little bit deeper in on that, you know, X amount of sort of years on. But I firmly believe, Debs, we've, we've not got to view this as something to compete against and feel run ragged by trying to be more, um, you know, skilled than the technology that's coming along. I, I view things like AI as being like a surfboard. You know, you've got to get on board and then it helps us along our way and our journey to free up time, even as a, as a very minimum, having some new technologies, new software packages brought into your industry means you can go home on time because there is such a massive desire for more life-work balance, as we call it. Um, there's too much work to be done by by the humans because, you know, we, we're, we're, we've had the demands have increased and the level of disruption has increased everything. So actually, rather than viewing future-proofing as holding on to the bitter end, trying to hold on to our jobs as it was, it's, uh, you know, just looking at it from a different perspective. What are the possibilities that are out there that actually if we were just to be a bit creative, that we could we could look for some things because we're the adults that then get to pass on 
the um, the roles and the employment landscape to uh, you know to to the children that are watching yeah, us. Yeah, I think you know, I think you're right, Laura, and that are. ability to be able to um, connect with everyday caring conversations, I think, is going to be the you know a, pr- a premium skill to be able to do that and do that well. I know people are doing it, but I think we now need to be even more aware of the impact that we're going to have, um, what's going on for that other person, and have the skills. And really focus in on them, not just think, oh, yeah, I do that anyway, and just be a bit blase about it, but to bring them back to the front of our minds and be really conscious as to how we are being in that conversation. Yeah. So um, this focus on this episode is around caring. But where this originates from is this was uh, the thinking I had back in uh, for the for the TEDx talk in 2016, which is, well, let's just look very simply at what are the parts of um, our mm-hmm. working life that are highly difficult to automate because they're beyond the pattern, which therefore means that even a deep learning algorithm would, would struggle <laughs> to out um, gun a human on these four areas. And these four areas are when we care, when we collaborate, when we're curious and when we create, because those four moments in our day-to-day interactions mm-hmm. um, are beyond the pattern. So therefore quite tricky to, to, um, to, for a machine to learn. So we're going to focus this episode around caring. And Debs, you just reminded me actually, just what you said just now, you were mentioning about the impact that loneliness is having at the moment with people. So not only from a future proofing point of view, but from a general mental wellness and feeling connected, as you said, that ability to demonstrate care in a conversation. So let's lean into that. What does it mean to connect with a caring conversation? Right, Debs. So before we lean into our thinking about this, go on, Lord. Let me just blow your mind with what Chat GPT. Oh says. my gosh! Go on, then. What do they reckon? All right. So I put the question into Chat GPT. What are the three key elements of a caring conversation? Mm-hmm. 0.6 seconds later, up comes this wonderful summary that's so easy to get your head around. In short, active listening. It's got some blurb. Empathy. Got some blurb. And support. It's got some blurb. So Debs. Why do I need to listen to a podcast with two humans talking about this when in 0.6 seconds I can get everything I need around the key elements of a caring conversation? Oh, my God, Laura, I love that question. Um, Because you haven't got the human element to it. Uh, It's that bit that says they're great words, right? Great words that is churned out of you. But unless you have a conversation to explore, well, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for you? What does that mean for our listeners? And actually go underneath the surface and behind the words, we can actually have a bet, much better connection and a better conversation. Great words if you're writing something down. But in reality, mm, what are the behaviours? What would be the attitude? What's the perception you want to create? What's your intent? How are you being? What are you going to do? Oh my God, the list could go on forever. That's why we need the human connection. So do you mean, Debs, if I just read out these words from my phone while I'm yawning, not making eye contact, you mean I'm not going to have a great one-to-one with my demoralised team member? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think so, Law. They may be looking for another job because to go somewhere else where they're going to get that real value that they feel that there is somebody has listened. So I think absolutely active listening is the number one skill, listening to what you are hearing, but also listening to maybe what you're not hearing. 
And we talk about listening to what's on the line, but listening to what's being between each line. So what's the nuances? What's the, you know, the ebbs and flows of the language? What's the tone that's going on? You know, what's the facial expressions doing? You you can see it, you can hear it, and sometimes you can feel the energy from somebody as well, just in the words that they're using. Um, and so therefore listening on that empathetic level, so listening like you care, is is so important um, in any conversation, but especially now, even more to connect better. And actually, Dave, just, just thinking of you talking there, you know, there are naturally some people who are more expressive than others. Mm-hmm. So having that care within that conversation to have the time for the less obvious things to then come out. So you might have some people, you know, like you and I, who are very comfortable just winging it, (laughs) shooting from the hip, (laughs) expressing how we feel and being able to read and understand, you know, we enjoy that. But there'll be plenty of people out there who, who don't particularly find it fascinating, you know, mm. kind of looking at where people are at and and or or find it tricky to to understand some of those kind of nuances. But anyone can demonstrate care and yes. what is it's the feeling in that moment, isn't it? Even though yeah. we might connect in slightly different ways. Yeah, definitely. And I think I, we ran a workshop last week, actually, where they were, people were saying, um, how do I find out what my team think about me? And I go, well, for me, I was thinking, is that a trick question? Are they just trying to suss out what's going on? And I said, have you asked them? And they went, oh, no, I don't know what question to ask. And I went, wow, okay, let's explore that. So let's um, let's think about if you want to have a really good impact on that individual, What is what is your intent in stepping into that conversation? So what do you want to know? Um, so therefore, you can phrase your questions around the what and the how approach that enables you to get out a a really decent conversation not just do you think I'm all right as your manager they might say uh yes (laughs) they might not but if the way you reframe that question can make a a huge difference so like you were saying if I just put in one question into the chat GPT it's going to chuck up one response right whereas actually as humans we need more responses or more interaction to be able to understand what's going on but that was a basic one about to connect And to care is to then be able to ask that curious question that says, what's going on for you? How does that make you feel? What, you know, what would help your day go even better? How might I help you? What do you need from people around you? You can further explore it with great questions. And then you're listening to the response that's coming back. And then you're picking up on where they might have paused a bit longer or they might have said, a bit of a negative word that actually is, says a lot more, which is uh, then what's really underlying around their feelings and their thoughts and maybe even their belief system um, that's going on for them as well. So listening, but asking questions to go, hmm, that's interesting you've mentioned that word. Tell me more about that. What does that mean for you? It means you build that connection or stronger connection because you've bothered, you've cared enough to notice what's going on, what they're saying, how they're saying it. So important. And of course, in that moment, you're demonstrating cognitive flexibility. And cognitive flexibility is the ability to travel along with that conversation in the direction in which it goes. Because, you know, it was certainly easy in the early years when we all knew that, you know, or started having a whiff of AI on the horizon, etc. But it is startling just how competent this chat GPT is. Already, I've written two train the trainer notes, books, using chat GPT. It is already, so I think I've got about four months left, Debs, before everyone's got it. (laughs) 
before I could get away with it. Before but it you is, get away with it. Yeah, it is quite startling just how brilliant it is at being mm. able to put this combination of words together yeah. for a starting point. Yes. Whether you could then engage with it for 45 minutes more and the machine be able to travel with you along that conversation because it just won't have the cognitive flexibility that, that, um, that a human will have because we're carbon-based not silicon-based. So carbon can grow, the cells that fire together, wire together. So as a result of that one-to-one we had back a month ago, I am a changed person as a result of that conversation I've had because every single bit of information has been stored somewhere, whether I've forgotten it or not, um, because uh, because we're, 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 we're um, organic, you know, we're, we're biological. So the information is kind of stored, which is why we forget stuff, because we prune away the things that we don't want to remember or can't remember anymore. So I think it's quite a, it's quite startling just how good it is, but also a reminder of how amazing our human brain is. So that ability to travel along that conversation, as you were saying, the listening and the reflecting, but it's really tricky for a machine to do that because it's based on um, carbon rather than uh, um, a silicon rather than carbon. Mm, yes. And when you just start to break that down, right, Laura, as you said, you might have used it to write it. But again, for me, it's always about, that's great, the so what. As you know, I always say, so what does that mean in reality? And how how am I going to get that message across? And I know you, you've mentioned before about our three human edge skills that set us out and above the machines. So talk us through what they are. Well, this was an attempt to put together a um, uh, like a starting point, really. And this this came from um, not only thinking, how do I future proof our business? You know, we yes, sell training, we sell <laughs> training courses. So you know, I probably need to keep on building revenue for at least mm-hmm. another fifteen years. So you know, in twenty forty. What will be some of those workshops that people are still vaguely interested in, you know, when we're all dialing in from our underground bunkers or whatever it may be. But this was an attempt to look at that. So the three human edge skills, as I call it, is your emotional intelligence, the ability to deal with all that emotional information maturely. The personal resilience, the ability to look after yourself enough to be able to deal with the rigours, the ups and downs of life. And the mental presence, the ability to point all of that attention and concentration in that conversation without being sort of caught up elsewhere and not fully attentive. And if you are emotionally intelligent, personally resilient, if you're mentally present in that conversation, that enables you to be caring. If I'm emotionally numb because I haven't dealt with things that have happened, if I'm so fatigued because my resilience is at a low ebb and I haven't been able to set boundaries to look after myself, if my head is caught up in anxiety rather than creativity, if I'm caught in the past rather than focusing in my intuition, then I'm not present in that conversation being able to demonstrate care because it's really difficult to put outwards what you're not got in, you know, inside. A machine can put out the words. A a, a human that is none of those three things in that moment could, can bang out the words. But if you want to connect, that's that connecting on a slightly different level, whether you're introvert, extrovert, neurodivergent, neurotypical, whatever that may be, it's conveying, it's that opening that channel in that moment to be able mm. to connect. Yeah, and I, I just think that's incredibly powerful if you just stop and think about whether you're doing that in every conversation that you're having. You know, are you intentionally connecting? Or as you said, are we, you know, multitasking? So we might have somebody on the, the Zoom with in front of us, but actually we're checking our emails when they come in. We might have our landline, if we've still got one, like I have. We might have our mobile phone next to us. We might have some something else going on. So, you know, you if you're really going to care in that moment, 
for that about that other individual and that conversation, then some of that noise you have to just push aside, right? Because if you genuinely want to connect to understand people better, and that's where if I understand it from your map of the world, then okay, that makes sense to me. So before I might say, no, that doesn't make sense, or I'm not really listening to you and I misinterpret what you've said, then that's not, you know, if I then feed back to you what I think I've heard you say and it's not that, then one, the trust is gone. But also it just shows you that I don't care. And I think that's what's really important when we think about how we can position it in a way that enables us to see it from that other person's map of the world, which I think is really important. And then together you can move forward with a solution, an outcome, whatever it might be. Oh, nice one, Devs. Well, let's share in a moment then a really handy tool that um, if you've got a conversation on your radar, it's either planned or it's an unplanned one, can just really set you up from a human edge perspective with a uh, yeah, bit of preparation. So, Debs. Yes, Law, tell me. We can fight each other for this one because I know we both absolutely love this. Oh, no, so. you do it, Law. You do it <laughs> so well and you absolutely connect with it using your human edge skills. So you share it. All right. Well, support me, partner. So if you I, hear me faltering. <laughs> <laughs> Always bring supporting, in the right? Isn't that what the chat GPT said about That's supporting? I could do that. <laughs> yeah, tick, zero, one, tick. zero, one. Yeah. Lovely, very good. So perceptual positioning tool. Imagine you've got four circles, you've got a circle in the middle and that has you in on there. So let's say you've got a meeting or a chat. So it's either three seconds away or it might be 30 days away. This is a little prep tool, which means rather than blurting our way through that conversation, we can plan to be caring if that doesn't sound too uh, kind of uh, too, too overly planning. Um, rather than worrying about a meeting, it enables you to be able to purposely rehearse it in your own mind. But perceptual positioning is where you're looking at it from different perceptions. So what's going on for you? So what, where's your state at as you go into that conversation? How able are you to be able to demonstrate care in that moment? Or is your head all over the place and you just, you just need to take a breather for, for a couple of minutes before going in? The second circle is them. So what's going on for them? So what's the backdrop to them behind this conversation? For me, just to blur out, um, I know you've been looking a bit down recently, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> which might work in another set of scenarios, True. purpose, but it might not work for them in that moment. So this is just having a think of what's going on for them. What's their backdrop? What's their day been like? Do I think it is? So I can then ask that opening question with a bit of thought behind it. You've then got the two other circles, which are a bit more imaginary ones. So the next circle is a fly on the wall. So how are you going to ensure that you maintain that caring persona that you want to have, that care and that compassion in that conversation as the conversation goes on? And the benefit of that is, is it enables you to get less triggered by comments that might come up or uh, focusing on the bits that actually might not be the uh, the, the main outcome you want to have from that conversation. And then the fourth circle is upon reflection. So what's the, in hindsight, what do you want your key reflections to be of that conversation? What that means then is you can then begin with the end in mind, really. So if you want to have a caring check-in with someone or just a catch-up and you think there might be some stuff going on, it also, it just helps us have a bit more of a full circle perception over that conversation. And the benefit of that is 
No algorithm under the sun right here, right now will have the wherewithal to view it from those four personas because there is no identity <laughs> if you are, well, at the moment, if you're a piece of AI. So you might absolutely be able to put together some amazing word patterns, but that sense of self, that theory of mind, that understanding that actually you might have to leave a few little points that come up in the conversation because they're less relevant because of the end outcome that you want. It enables you to be fully human in that moment. And from a caring point of view, you're connecting not only with uh, your your inner voice, but also with their inner voice as well. Mm. Yeah, that's, see, brilliantly described when it comes to that law. I just think that's just amazing. Uh, uh, According to Jack GPT. No, 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 that was all from... Thanks, Google. Thanks, Google, yeah. That that was all from you, right? Because you could hear your passion. And that's the thing, isn't it? You can, if if people um, could see you, you could see the way you're talking about the energy that you're bringing, the facial expressions you're having, the tone of your voice, you know, your gestures of your hands, I think. And that's what makes it real. That's that ability to portray, get across a story in a way where you're talking from your heart which I think is what makes a huge difference. So that cognitive flexibility to do that is just incredible. Oh my God, Debs. I mean, if my sister listens to this, she'll go, oh, so at that point she stops blinking because she's getting all evangelical. <laughs> so my family are now well, very, oh God, she's banging on about robots again. My sister always says, I know you were about to go off on one because you yeah. stop blinking. You stop blinking. You are the robot in that moment. I love that. Gosh, but you she's know on what? one. She is one, but you know what? I think what she's just said is probably my call to action, to be fair. Um, And I think that your sister's hit upon a good call to action for sure, which is if you're in a conversation, whether it's face-to-face, whether it's over Zoom, whether it's on a phone call, whatever, if you can pay attention to the whole person that you're talking to, um, then you can have a better connection and you can pick up when you need to ebb and flow your conversation in that caring space. So I think your sister's spot on. That's my call to action. Pay attention to the whole person. Oh, nice one. My share of the secret would be um, sometimes the the uh, the smaller the um, number of people that we're interacting with, the uh, the more the energy can kind of get a little bit sort of stale. So here we are, you know, um, on our future proofing series. Um, for many people, the best way to learn is to engage with other people because it sort of sparks some fresh thinking. Um, and uh, that could be one on one or one or few. But maybe think, who haven't you caught up with for a while? Um, booking a little bit of time, that caring conversation, even if you might not have anything practical or tactical to talk about, just a quick check-in, not spoken for a while, how are you doing? It can invigorate not only your own levels of energy because you've had that chance to connect, but that chain effect with someone else as well. And uh, again, there is no algorithm under the sun that would just check in to check in you're all right, unless it was, you know, trying to sort of sell you something at the moment. So this isn't a anti-tech. This isn't about competing with technology. This is a bit like, you know, this is unleashing our power to be amazing humans because what we'll increasingly see is the things that are dull, dirty or dangerous being more automated. And if we're able to bring some of that care to life, that's the sweet spot here, isn't it? If we're able to offload onto technology, the things that um, reduce our ability to care for each other. So um, that would be, uh, yeah, the kind of the share the secret is check in with someone. Yeah, I love that. So we're we're walking alongside it, as we always say. So I think that's what we need to think about. 
Ah, well, devs, let us walk alongside each other this week as we are cognitively flexible with each other. We are. (laughs) (laughs) We've got uh, 20 minutes to write a two-day session that we're running together, so I reckon we might have to offload this onto a chat GPT. (laughs) Because it's all about how you make it come alive, right? (laughs) Exactly. God, no one wants two days of... PowerPoint slides. Back oh my to God, back. never. No. Yeah, it's, it's the conversation between. That's where the magic happens. So, Debs, I can't wait to catch up at next week's episode, which is all about innovating with creative conversations. So, I really look forward to seeing what ChatGPT has to say about creativity and uh, how we can uh, pull that apart and come up with some practical takeaways. Brilliant. Looking forward to it, Law. Love you oh, lots. Love you. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a Spotify listener, give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others.